0: You are listening to the next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of The Fate of the Furious.
1: It's getting They're still on us. These guys are taking this personal. You were
0: only supposed to create a diversion, Roman.
1: That was complete destruction. What you want from me? I'm Roman Pierce, man. It's what I do. Phase, phase two. two. Phase two? What's phase two? Bounce away. What I like about you, Dom. You're a genuine outlaw, but your family.
0: The hell of a job, brother. When we get back to the base beers on me.
1: He's about to go up against the only thing they can't handle.
0: You.
2: Did you ever think you'd betray your family the way you did today?
0: Okay, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for the fate. Of the Furious Fate, like, you know, 8. Number 8, this being the 8th entry in the series. Now, the story is as follows. Now that Dom and Letty are on their honeymoon, Brian and Mia have retired from the game, and the rest of the crew has been exonerated. The globetrotting team has found a semblance of a normal life. But when a mysterious woman seduces Dom back into a world of crime that he can't escape... The crew will face trials that will test them as never before. The film is starring Vin Diesel, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Jason Statham, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, Chris Bridges, Natalie Emmanuel, Kurt Russell, Scott Eastwood, Charlize Theron, and Helen Mirren. This is directed by F. Gary Gray, who directed previously uh, films like Law Abiding Citizen, Friday, um, Straight Outta Compton. And it is written by series regular Chris Morgan. Joining me for this review, I have Mike Vermette. Hello, everybody.
1: Happy Easter, Mike. Happy Easter to you as well. I am recording this in a suit.
0: Because, oh, wow. Well,
1: that's how you record podcasts. I, <laughs> and, like,
0: you know, it's so funny that this is the movie that you're doing it for, too.
1: <laughs> you have to get dapper for the Fast and Furious podcast.
0: Oh, truly, truly. Um, So I'll just start off by saying really quickly that I like, obviously, the first film when it came out back in, what was it, like 2001 or whatever the case may have been. 2001, yep. Yeah. And I mean, listen, I'm 11 years old when this film comes out, you know, so I'm all about what this film is showing and it's really cool. And the second one comes out, even as a teenager, I didn't like it. Tokyo Drift didn't like it. Fast and Furious. Also, didn't like it, even though it had the original cast back together. Fast Five. whoo That, to me, was a series high. Oh, my God. I went in with the lowest expectations, and it blew me away. I had such a great time with it that I actually was excited to see the sixth one in the series, which, actually, I actually don't even remember the name of it. Um, uh, Fast Six. Okay. I saw that one, <laughs> and I did not think it was as good. Um, actually I kind of thought it was like in between something like fast five and fast, you know, fast and furious and not as good as the first one. Fast Seven or Furious Seven, as it was called. Furious Seven, yep. Uh probably my favorite in the series and a large part of that did have to do with the perfect tribute to Paul Walker at the end. I mean, that really really went a long way in elevating that film. And it also had a great villain in Jason Statham. Now, we're here with the eighth film of the franchise, and shockingly enough, it is my favorite of the series. (laughs) I don't know if you feel the same way, Uh, so what do you think?
1: Well, listeners, you are going to get a genuine reaction from Matt Neglia. I actually do not like this movie.
0: What? What? Not at all?
1: Uh, I like it a little bit. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, how can you not? not? Not very much. It's it's definitely my least favorite um, in recent memory. I'd probably put it, you know, above two and three, but that's about it.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, all right. Got to take a step back for a moment. Ooh. All right, let's start off with what you didn't
1: like. What didn't you like about it? So, I didn't like, you know, right off the bat, you know, we don't have Brian, so... But but, but how are you going to fix that? Let me hear me out. So he was the emotional like center of those movies. So right off the bat, I was interested to see how they were going to change that. And I was hoping that they'd really, um, you know, have amp up this bro dynamic between The Rock and Vin Diesel. Um, Or at the very least, show us Letty being very compelled, Michelle Rodriguez being very upset that like Dom turned rogue because I, I imagine the original plot of these movies had Brian in it and Brian was like torn to pieces that Dom is now bad. Um, they did none of that right. I didn't buy Letty and Dom's relationship, which I've seen for eight movies now and I love them as characters and I've always like been so happy to see the two of them together. I didn't buy for a second that she was upset or miserable that he had turned bad Um, on the same token, I also, um, didn't buy that The Rock was, like, upset or, you know, angry that Dom had gone bad. It was all just very matter-of-fact. Like, to me, the other ones, especially the newer trilogy, um, felt like passion projects for the people that created them. This was the first one that felt very clinical, very mechanical to me. That everyone involved was just kind of going through the motions.
0: Oh, my gosh. I think you misinterpreted a lot here, man. I really, truly do because, okay, number one, um, I'm going to correct you on two things here. Uh, they wrote this movie after Paul Walker's death.
1: I, I, You know, I have a feeling they retooled it. I think they have a lot of this planned. I mean, they already knew before he died they were going to New York for this one. I had read about that. They knew Kurt Russell's character was going to be a much bigger character.
0: Okay, that's fine. So they had like the basic plot, maybe bullet pointed, you know, there was an outline or something like that, but right. they definitely wrote the actual script after his death. That that's one. Two, I understand the idea of wanting to see more of a bromance between Vin Diesel and Dwayne the Rock Johnson but from all reports that I've heard the two the two guys Hate each other yeah they got a thing
1: right. in
0: real life that you know it's it's not good so there's that the other thing, too, is, you know, when you talk about like the emotional uh, core of this film, Dom and Letty's relationship and how it's ultimately handled, there's two ways you can handle Dom going rogue and how Letty responds to it. And that is you can either do it like she's upset and showing emotion or you go the route that they went with this movie where she's kind of like in denial. Dom would never do this and I'm going to do everything I can to prove
1: otherwise. You know what I mean? But like you don't see her going to those great lengths to prove that. It's just it's all very matter of the fact. Like it's just like, well this happens, so you know, we're gonna do these things. Like nobody But one, is
0: anybody really watching these films for the drama slash
1: emotion of it all? I I think that they do. I think the core audience for these films, you know, loves that family dynamic. Like that's what those movies are all about. To the point of them becoming like cliche, is that every movie they're like, it's about family.
0: Yeah, that and a bunch of corona. That and a bunch of crew, which they didn't have in this movie. So, Which which I have to say was uh, a detriment
1: for me. Why even bother? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I just didn't buy like anybody. Also, I think this movie had horrible pacing. There oh, were my like God. Long stretches in the middle of the movie where I was like, all right, someone needs to blow something up or someone needs to get shot because this is ridiculous.
0: I thought the film was nonstop laughs and action all the way through.
1: Had this movie not had Tyrese Gibson's character Roman in it, it would have been the ultimate snorefest, and this is coming from someone who loves these movies. I, you know, I love the first one. I like two and three. I like three better than two, and I love four, five, and six. And seven was the one I was a little on the fence about, but you know they got through it, and you know I attributed that to Paul Walker's you know tragically passing away. Mm-hmm. Um, that I had some problems with that one, but. Overall, I liked that movie a lot. It kind of makes me worried for uh, Episode 9 of Star Wars with Carrie Fisher
0: in a way, right? Exactly. Like, you you often wonder, like, hey, you know they have this all mapped out, you know, kind of like what they did with the series, and then something like this happens, and – a, a film suffers for it in the Even end. Even you know worse,
1: I mean? with you know, Fast and Furious, they were midway through production on that movie. Oh, I know. Away. Yeah. So they've already spent half their budget. So are they going to go back and like reshoot this entire movie? They could, no. They know. added more budget to create a CGI Paul Walker. <laughs> yep. I mean, and they did a tribute to him. You know that I thought was amazing. Oh man, are we talking spoilers in this review? Um. No. All right. Well, then I have to you know keep my last point to myself. I'll I'll blow it up on Twitter.
0: That's fine. That's fine. I will say this. I thought that th- there was a moment towards the end of the film, at like the very, very end, that I just thought was like, you know, the feel good moment of the year so far.
1: Oh, man. That moment was horrible. Are you oh, my me? God. That's what on. I'm talking about. You are. Ca- are you serious? It made no sense. It made no sense.
0: Where is your sentiment right now? There is no sentiment. Oh, how can I. Okay. No, I just I, I, I listen as somebody who has kind of grown to love this franchise um, for what it is. And that's the, that's the key important part here is that I like that this franchise knows exactly what it is now. And it presents itself exactly as that. It is very, very, very self-aware.
1: I it knows
0: that. its audience. and it knows what its audience wants to see. And it gives you that. So everything else kind of just falls into place at that point. Yeah, there's some silliness. Yeah, there's some cl- very cliche lines of dialogue. But I, I'm I'm more forgiving because of the fact that this film is not trying to be something it's not.
1: I I completely agree with you. And this is the kind of movie where I'm so happy to like – Sit down, check my brain at the door, and sit there for, you know, two hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just enjoy the, the friggin' mayhem and the nonsense that goes on in these movies. I love the one-liners. I love the rock spout. And I'm going to beat you like a Cherokee drum. <laughs>
0: How about that like toothbrush and the uh, teeth? That's line? amazing.
1: That prison fight was perfect. Love it. That scene at the end... Made no friggin' sense. Even though I pulled my brain out of my head and I left it on the side of my chair, it still didn't make any sense.
0: Uh, now I don't see how that's how that does make sense because I'm just talking about the naming of a certain character
1: that happens towards the end. Correct, but that character in this film franchise in the the film universe uh-huh. is alive and fine and living his life and you know being happy and has his own kids and driving fast cars.
0: But these characters are never going to interact with him again. They they even but, make a point in the movie, in the movie. to a, a line of dialogue Come where on. they literally mention uh, Brian. And they say, we're not going to bring Brian and Mia into this, which... Essentially, for every single movie that now comes forever after, no matter how bad things get for the crew, they've kind of already set the law that Brian and Mia are never, ever, ever going to interact with this group of characters ever again.
1: Which is fine, and I liked that they handled it that way. I was really hoping that this specific character at the end of the movie would be named Paul, and they'd wink-wink and nod-nod to the audience, because that's no, what No, that are. would have been too out of nowhere. No, that's what these movies are in this universe— you know, Brian is fine. Brian's, you know, good. So to be naming a character after him doesn't make any sense in terms of these movies.
0: I, I wholeheartedly disagree with you. I'm sorry. Um, speaking of which now, let's let's go over to something that maybe you did like. Uh, favorite set piece in the film?
1: Oh, well, All right. So I have two points here. One set piece I did not like was the New York set piece. I thought it was very gratuitous, and I thought for a city that suffered a tragedy like 9-11, it was, like, disgusting to see this, like crazy terrorist attack where, you know, bodies are falling out of buildings in New It's York. not bodies. It's cars. The people were in the cars. What are you yeah, but, about? Yeah, but are you kidding? This is so unrealistic, though. This is
0: like... You could totally get away with this. We're so many years removed from 9-11. I mean... I, I
1: thought it was very gratuitous, but that's, you know, here or there. Oh, uh, my, my God. My favorite set piece was the the Antarctica set piece. Uh, yeah. At the end. I loved it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It looked gorgeous. Um... You know, it was cool to see their cars driving. I liked that The cars actually interacted with the ice.
0: I actually got some very heavy Mad Max Fury Road vibes uh, from that final scene. Because of the wide-open fastness of it all.
1: Yeah, it was so cool. And, like, Roman's driving the Lamborghini and, it's like, it's not – has no traction on the ice, which I thought was <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah. The rock grabbing a torpedo. And I also
0: thought they built up really good tension with uh, – I don't know his real name in the movie, but Tormund Giantsbane from Game of Thrones, or if no one watches Game of Thrones, uh, the the orange bearded dude. Um, I thought there was some really good tension with him and Dom from a distance, uh, but they built up very well. And then the payoff, the payoff to that, to those two, I thought was so goddamn satisfying.
1: Uh, Yeah, I thought it was great. I love that, that whole thing. Um, I thought Helen Mirren kind of stole the show in her little cameo.
0: See, now, I thought she came out of nowhere, and I thought it was a little too blindsiding.
1: Uh, I thought it was cool. I, You know, obviously, you know, I knew what that was. I mean... Yes. obviously the only other British person in this movie was Jason Statham. So I'm like, hmm, I wonder who she's related to.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's no, and listen, we're, you know, we're doing our best not to talk spoilers here. Obviously, some things have kind of slipped through. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a bad one because if you're smart, you could put two and two together there. Um, there is a return of a character that takes place later on in the movie uh, that I found to be wholly satisfying until a moment came where I came to realize they're not utilizing this person properly and maybe that was because of scheduling maybe they couldn't get this particular actor um, for as many days as they would have liked to have gotten that person for I don't know what the deal was but uh, there is a moment in the movie where it's like over the course of eight films it's crazy to see how things from previous films come back and everything kind of ties itself together you know what I'm saying
1: they're even blinking you miss it like cameos from, like, series... People from series past, which I thought was so cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about, too. Yeah, that's... That that was really awesome. So, I, I really like that there's that built-in history there, you know what I mean? And that's something really cool you could do when you have this many films.
1: Well, yeah, it's something you, you built up organically over eight movies, um, which I think is a lesson that the DC movies can take a, a page from Universal's book with this franchise. I mean,
0: they could take a lot of lessons, believe me.
1: But... Um, I agree with you about that character that shows up. Um, I do think they are pretty short and I was happy to see them, and I was interested to see where it was going to go, but it ultimately didn't really go anywhere, so yeah. that was a little disappointing.
0: The dynamic, though, between Jason Statham and The Rock was awesome, though.
1: Awesome. And I actually read that there was supposed to be a deleted uh, scene at the end of the movie mm-hmm. setting up a Rock and Jason Statham spinoff, mm-hmm. but at the last minute, Vin Diesel axed it.
0: Well, the reasons why he asked it – and listen, I understand Vin Diesel's heart is in the right place. I understand. He wants the last moment of the movie to send fans out on is that final scene. And in my opinion, it worked for me. I know it didn't work maybe for you. But I think on the whole, people that walk out of the movie leave that movie feeling extremely satisfied. And you got that – that song playing, uh, you know, it's it it it's just a feel good moment, you know. So I I can see how he doesn't want something else that's not tied to the heart of this film, the idea of family. Um, I could see how he wouldn't want that to be the last note that people leave the theater on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can totally see that. And I you know, I have problems with the ending, but most people probably will not. So I yeah. can see his point.
0: Um, okay, Charlize Theron Good villain, bad villain She was a
1: mustache twirling villain
0: Yeah, it can't be as all hell But once again, she knows what kind of movie she's in And she embraces it
1: Totally can't be, and like, by the end of the movie She's like twirling her mustache, and she's like I'm gonna tell you my evil plan uh, I was Yeah, like, right, yeah,
0: come on Charlize Because by this be point, better. these guys are literally superheroes
1: They are, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely They're like mini James Bonds They can do like anything Dom is out of shape and much heavier than he was in the first film, but yet he's more athletic than ever. <laughs> I just don't understand it. But that's yes. the thing about these movies—they're just so silly and so insane, literally to the point where, like, the stunts. I just keep asking myself, how are they going to top what they did before? How are they going to top what they did before? Zombie cars. It's just yeah. Maybe uh, you know, there's been talk about them going to space. Oh God, I I don't know
1: if I could if I could take them going to space. Could you imagine like they're they're they're. <laughs> They're flying rockets in space. I, I'm on board for these movies. You know, I'm I'm bashing this movie a little bit, but you know, I still am on board, and I still really hope that they can figure out a way to course correct. What I think is, they've lost the heart, and the spirit of this movie a little bit. So mm-hmm. I, I really do hope they can find a way to course correct in the future. Um, but I do love The Rock. I think he is like such a heartfelt character, and I loved his scenes with his daughter. Mm, that especially soccer, that first soccer, soccer scene. Scene was fantastic. <laughs> He picked up a few moves from Moana, I guess.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. That was really hysterical. That was so funny to me. Um, You know, you're talking about the future. um, And I love how, like, the titles of the films are kind of, uh, like, I love how it's just variations of the franchise title with the number involved. Uh, Let's imagine the series goes to 9 and 10. What would you call number 9 and what would you call 10? Um, Finally, 9. (laughs) 9. <laughs> and uh fulfill ten. I, I actually would call ten fast ten. Your seatbelts. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: awesome. <laughs> that
0: is perfect. And then call like nine. uh uh this doesn't work really, but like something with like with with nitrous. I I don't know. I I like. Oh man, it's just like it cracks me up that this movie's called Fate. Of the Furious.
1: Of the, I, the, oh my god. When I heard that title, I, I groaned a little bit, I'm not gonna lie.
0: Yeah. I I I know. But ultimately I think the film is um I think film has its its heart in the right place. I really I really think it does. Um it may not work for you, but at this point in the series and with so much that has happened before and the up and down roller coaster love-hate relationship I've had with it, um I'm pretty satisfied where things are at this current time. Uh, let's get into final thoughts. Great out of 10 Oscar potential.
1: Take it away. Uh, well, you know, obviously no Oscar potential. I don't think for these movies, um, again, I, I like this movie. I think it's a really much a mixed bag. I think there are some hysterical moments. My audience was ripping with laughter. Um, Roman, the airplane scene. Oh my God. The plane scene. Um, Roman is continues to be a highlight of this movie. The Rock is perfect. Um, Acting across the board, I think, is really solid. My biggest problems come from story-like elements. Like, I I don't think the relationship between Dom and Letty is really fulfilled the potential that it has. Um, You know, I don't think The Rock and Dom shared enough scenes together. I don't think they shared a scene together. No, they're Um, never in camera together, which is a shame. And I mean, it's you know, I was hoping that The Rock would kind of step in where Brian left off. And, like, you have to imagine a world where Paul Walker is still alive, they would definitely have interacted with each other throughout this movie. Um, so, it, you know, it's a little strange to me, and I guess it's because they don't really get along or whatever, and as The Rock says, Vin Diesel's a candy ass. So, I, you know, it comes off as a little strange to me. The, the movie, some of it works really well for me, and others, I think, falls incredibly flat. Um, so, I think fans that are interested to go see it, should definitely check it out. Um, But, you know, be prepared that it's not going to be everything that you're hoping it's going to be, and it is kind of going to be a mixed bag, and you have to take the good with the bad. So, I was going to go a little lower, but I think ultimately I'm going to give this film a five. Jesus. Okay.
0: (laughs) Alright, so five it is. Um, So, for me, I think that this is a film for the fans. Um, I think that if you... Really, really enjoy this series. There's no way you can possibly hate this film, in my opinion. Um, I I just I I can't see like I I don't know. I i maybe it's too silly for some people. I, I, I just but what are you expecting? You know This movie is never going to be highbrow, and I really love that this one in particular just really embraced the fact that, that it's never going to be highbrow. The plot is never going to absolutely make sense. The physics of the set pieces is never going to make sense, but yet they present it in just such a, hey, let's just shoot for the sky, baby. Let's just do it big, and you know what? No fucks given, and they just go for it. I loved that attitude. I loved it. You know the poll. There's a whole scene where Dom is like, "I, I got to check something with the engine," and a camera is on him, and it loses him. And Charlize Daron's like bugging out that she can't see him on camera, and I he's
1: go- yeah. he's
0: gone for something like twenty minutes or <laughs> whatever it may be, and it's literally like the dumbest, dumbest thing. But you know what? I just I'm telling you, man, when the film has these set pieces that are just really memorable. Um, really kick ass. The jail set piece is awesome. The first, the first, uh, opening scene, um, with the race where he's got the beat up car. Oh man, it was
1: so good. I was so invested at that point. I loved it.
0: Yeah. That was amazing. The engine's like getting ready to blow up. He's going so fast. That was (laughs) insane. You know, there's just so many moments and the humor, like I was saying, is nonstop throughout. It's really funny. I... I had a blast. I had such a good time, and I think the movie does end on a note that, while not perfect, I it left me feeling good inside and really, really excited to see where this series ends up. This being a uh, series high for me and the best one in the series, in my opinion, um, I'm going big. I'm giving it an eight out of ten. Oscar potential, none. <laughs> Like, with all that high praise and all that said, uh, I can't even see this getting anything. Like not even a sound nomination. No, you know, yeah, yeah. If Fury 7 couldn't get a Best Original Song nomination for CU Again, there's there's no for way this real. franchise is ever going to get an Oscar nomination. <laughs> okay, with that said, Mike Vermette, where can I find you on Twitter?
1: They could find me debating you about Fate of the Eight on Vamp dt 89
0: Alrighty, and you can find me at Next Best Picture, where Game of Thrones reference, we will talk on Twitter about making the eight. And as a result of which, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and Player FM. Thank you everyone so much for listening. We really, really appreciate it, and we will see you all next time.